Hello, horror fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh, the Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can check out our uh, back catalog, social media links, bios, etc. at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Uh-huh. Here we are. First and foremost, happy birthday, lover. Thank you. You're welcome. It's uh, the creative director's gotcha day. It is. It is. We call it gotcha day because this is the day we got Dino. It sure is. Dean Winchester, creative director. There he is, smiling. Super excited. He knows he's on the show. He's like, it's, it is my gotcha it day. It is my gotcha day. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you got some words for your fans? Nothing. Okay. I'm going to lick right. myself. <laughs> the, uh, I'm resting. Yeah. That's the, that was the run I was making with birthdays where I was knocking them out of the park. And then I realized with him, I'm done. Yeah. I no, can't, I can't, can't top this. Can't beat that. No. It, I'm just going to step back and say that was my body of work. <laughs> I did good. Cause the, the day I got the tickets for Wicked. Yeah. Was was fun. Yes. And of course you have your way of saying things that just, you know, I don't think a lot of people are familiar <laughs> with it. But so we're walking into the theater and there's the uh the spot before you get to the seats, kind of just the standing yeah. area and we're like the lobby. Lobby cocktail lounge type thing and we're walking through there, and it's just tons of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Did you say it? No, you said it on the way out. I said it on the way yeah, out. Yeah, so we go into the show. We had great seats. We did. And it was a great show. It was. That it was, was one amazing. Of the, that was one of those things that I walked in. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this just for the team. I know this is a big deal for you. Yeah. But I'm You're probably like, not going to like it. Yeah. You know, You're so. You're like, but I'm just going to take one for and the And I've team. seen shows. I've yeah. seen a lot of good ones. I've seen a lot of bad ones. You right. Know? Yeah. But I, I didn't think I'd have any kind of connection to it. I didn't think it grabbed me in any way. And I don't know if I liked it more than you, you know, because I, I had such a. But I'd look and you were beaming the whole time. You were leaning forward. I don't think your back hit the chair once. No, it didn't. And And uh, when you walked in, the whole theater just had this green glow of light. And I was like, this is going to be a good time. Yeah. (laughs) And it was really, really good. The performers were amazing. 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 And, um, and the music was great. I mean, oh, I actually it, listen to the soundtrack from time to time. I do, too. And, uh, <laughs> but I remember on the way out, and you were like, I don't know how you're going to top this one for my birthday. And everyone just looks, <laughs> not at her, but at and me. You. It's yeah. all these ladies. They look at me, and they're laughing. All ushers, hysterical. and they're all like, tee Oh, yeah. No, there was nothing bashful about it. They were laughing their asses off. Like, yeah, dude, you... uh Good luck with that one. <laughs> and I remember my response. I'm like, well, I got a year to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those were, uh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. It was. Unlike the terrible times we have as a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I love you dearly. I love you too. I wouldn't want to do this with uh, anyone else. 
So, Lori yes. Cabot. Yes, Salem's Witch. Episode 65, I believe. Yes. We're cranking I'm along. I'm going to trust in your, your numbers because... Well, I, I'm numbering mine season two. I've and been in wrong. Season two. Yeah. This is episode eleven. I've been wrong a couple well, on a couple hey, of them. You know, it hey. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. We're but, here. <laughs> Loria Cabot, Salem's witch. Yes. Their very own. Yes. I have a couple sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daughters of Darkness. Seven Badass Women of Salem, Lori Cabot, The Official Witch of Salem nice. by Kristen Harris. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries, their wiki, mm. uh, Lori Cabot, and an article from the Globe. Yeah. I believe that's out of Boston. Yeah. She Brought Magic to Salem, She Has Mixed Feelings About It by Billy Baker. <laughs> Boston Globe. <laughs> from I, October 26, I re- 2017. I read that one. That was yeah. a good read. It was a good read. Yeah. I have... Um, the wiki on her, mm-hmm. com, her very own site. Yeah, I went to her site, too, and, but I didn't uh, use any information. Enchanted uh, Living Magazine, uh, they did a thing called a, a Salem Legend. She is a Salem Legend. And uh, it was probably one of the Boston Globe ones that you did, but yeah, there was a couple of them. I read both of them. But, yeah, you know, really interesting story. I actually learned something from this. That I didn't know before. And what is that? That the um, the shop, the crow's... The crow's nest. The crow's nest. Yes, was her shop. Was her shop. Yes. I didn't know that. Is it crow's it was a nest clever, or crow haven? Or crow haven, sorry, yes. sorry. Yeah, no, it, before it was... Before people go nuts, it's crow haven, damn it! It. It, was, it was her shop, and then she sold it. Well, I'm saying from an outsider coming in. Yeah. Because that's what I was years ago when we went to Salem. Mm -hmm. That's a nifty piece of marketing, that shop. Yes. Because it looks as old as the ages. Yes. And you would think that thing was there since the the witch trials, you know, and... uh, and it has that look about it. Mm-hmm. And I, people talk about it like it's that old mm-hmm. when it is not. We'll Correct. get into that. Yes. But that was the one thing I learned about that. I didn't learn anything else. No, just right. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, she did have another store. I think it was down by the wharf. Mm-hmm. But she, um, well, let's get into it. Yeah. So whenever you talk about Salem and their witch history, and if you're not referencing the witch trials of 1692, you almost always start with or you have a reference to Lori Cabot. Yeah, she's, she's hard to avoid. She's been a well-known figure in Salem since the 70s and is known for starting a pilgrimage of practitioners of modern-day witchcraft to Salem when she, quote-unquote, came out of the cauldron around 1970. Yeah. Hundreds, if not thousands, of practicing witches follow her form of craft, and the Cabot witches are among some of Salem's practicing elite to this day. So how does a young solitary witch come to be the official witch of Salem? Let's get into it. Yeah. Today you can take classes with Lori Cabot, who just turned 89, by the way, yeah. through the Cabot School of Witchcraft. Classes with Lori are usually held at Enchanted. It's a store on Salem's Pickering Wharf where her and her daughter, Penny, sell some of their handmade spellcraft in the form of potions, charms, and broomsticks. But even a witch such as Lori has had a beginning. She was born Mercedes Elizabeth Kiersey in Wewoka, 
Oklahoma on March 6, 1933. She spent her childhood living in California before moving to New England as a teenager. While living in Boston, she developed an interest in studying the occult and witchcraft and fostered this while reading in the Boston, sorry, Boston Public Library. Before moving to Salem, Lori was living in the north end of Boston. She was a struggling divorcee, raising two children on her own. And though it was the late 60s by this time, Lori was still hesitant to outwardly declare that she was a witch, though she was known, she was well known for dressing the part. Like everyone would call her a witch, but she never actually came out. Yeah. yeah. According to an interview with Lori in the Boston Globe from 2017, she wore black robes, pentagram necklaces, but by then it was the late 60s and people just thought she was a hippie. Mm. Eventually, she felt that it would be better if she moved to somewhere more suburban and happened to find an apartment on Salem's historic Chestnut Street. So when did the world come to know Lori Cabot as the leader of the witchcraft renaissance? According to the Globe article by Baker, it all started with, go figure, a black cat named Molly Boo. One day, Molly, one of Lori's two cats, got stuck 50 feet up in a tree, despite the other cat trying to coax it back down. Lori tried calling local police only to be told to just wait and that the cat would eventually come down. After three days, Molly Boo was still stuck in the tree and Lori had had enough. So in true badass fashion, she called the Salem News and said to the person who answered the phone, my cat is stuck in a tree. I'm a witch. That cat is my familiar and I want someone to come get my cat out of my tree. See, you're out now. Yes. Needless to say, the attention was almost immediate. Not only did several rescue cars show up to get Molly Boo out of the tree, but so did a photographer and the mayor. With all the media attention, very soon after the kitty incident, Lori was able to open the city's very first witch shop called The Witch Shop on 100 Derby Street. A year later, that shop moved to Essex Street and was renamed Crowhaven Corner. It still operates under different ownership yep. and is known for being Salem's longest operating witch shop. She opened a third location in the mid-90s known as The Cat, The Crow, and The Crown on Pickering Wharf, but later renamed it The Official Witch Shop as a nod to her title. Lori got the title, The Official Witch of Salem, in 1977, from then-Governor Michael Dukakis, as a nod to her work with dyslexic children, but that isn't the only reason. Lori Cabot has been a world-renowned psychic for many years and is known for helping to solve several police cases. In 1991, her visions led to solving the missing persons case in Salem involving a local artist named Martha Brailsford and her neighbor, Tom Maimoni. After going sailing together, Tom had come home alone and reported that Martha had been thrown overboard by a rogue wave. Police searched for and could not find Martha, so they called in Salem's official witch for help. Using the name, location, and birth of Martha, Lori was able to gain a vision and stated that Tom had made sexual advances toward Martha and that when she refused, he hit her over the head, tied weights to her waist, and an anchor to her feet, and threw her overboard. So not a rogue wave. No. <laughs> so on July 18, 1991, Hooper Goodwin, who was lobstering off Marblehead, found Brailford's remains tied to an anchor and weighted with a diving belt. She has sustained five blows to her skull and jaw, 
Tom fled, and Lori was determined to put the creep in jail. She claims to have been able to perform a binding spell on him and stated that she had a vision of him trying to get to Canada. Three days later, someone spotted a man fitting Tom's description at a small cabin near the border, and police found and arrested him. In 1993, he was found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. He died at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston in 2017. Whether or not you believe in Lori's help in the case, she has undoubtedly become a symbol of culture for Salem and forever made her mark on its history. Yeah. That lobster man, Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> not only was he good at he's a good not only was he good at lobstering. Yeah. He actually solved murders too. Well, he yeah. found the body. Yeah. Yeah. Hooper. Hooper Goodwin. How many people do you know have the name Hooper? Personally. Uh, the only time Hooper I'm is, is referenced you know to person. a name is usually if it's like their last name, yeah. like Ben Hooper. Yeah. And you're like, Hoop! Yeah. But to have Hooper as the first name, just Hooper oh, Goodwin. I think I think he's pulled like a sting. You think? Like he's just Hooper. There's hey, no hey. first name, no last name. He's, he's just, just Hooper. Hooper. Yeah. He's the Madonna. Yeah, of, like Sting's uh, Gordon. <laughs> Shumway. Shumway. Yeah, yes. right. Elf. Well, Alf did it too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Maybe it's something with Gordon. Maybe. I, I wonder know. if you pull, if you were to get a hundred Gordons in the room and pull them all. Yeah. Do they do they go by one name that's not anything affiliated with Gordon? So no Gordos. Gordo <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I'd only want to be named Gordo if I was Gordy. Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> I only want to be named Gordo if I was Gordy other than Gordon. This got complicated. This got really it got complicated. Way complicated. Uh, my head hurts. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hooper. Hooper. Or Horpo. Hooper Pooper. Or Hori. Ah, no. No, not Hori. Hori? No. No. Hori going Horin? No. 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 I don't I All don't right. like it. We'll move on. <laughs> my my apologies. <laughs> I'll just sit here and drink my tea. So after the opening of Salem's first witch shop, more and more people uh started practicing modern witchcraft and began to move to Salem, seeing it as a place of acceptance for the practice. A lot of those practitioners also started lucrative business practices themselves, and there are all sorts of opinions about all of them, according to who you're speaking with and getting their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. practice Wicca. And others, their own form of the craft, which has a spectrum as varied and wide as many other world religions. And as of 1997, more than 2,500 residents of Salem claim to be practicing witches. And since then, of course, there are many more. Despite the business side and despite the opinions of the masses, Lori has always maintained that her real goal has been to educate the public about witchcraft and to dispel rumors about the practice. As the author of six books and teacher of various classes, including at Harvard, she has done successfully for over 45 years. She still teaches psychic ability and the art and science of witchcraft in Salem. 
at the Enchanted Shop, as mentioned before, as well as still offering her psychic reading services to the public. So her real name uh, is, well, they have Lori Cabot, but that's not her real name. That's yeah. her, her witch name. During the, all right, so this gets into the, um, the witchcraft. She is the high priestess of the Salem Coven. Uh, she, uh, she has noted that they are not associated with evil or anything nefarious. In fact, she has become the center of attention with her apparent psychic uh, powers that have allegedly helped police offer solve many crimes. So aside from Martha Bales, Brailsford, she also helped solve or assisted with uh, Gail Knowlton's case. Um. <laughs> Salem, it's not her fault, Lori Cabot declared. Then she thought for a moment and revised her statement. Okay, it is my fault, she said, referring to what has happened in October to Salem since she arrived nearly five decades ago and began the modern witch era in the witch city. So she essentially is stating because she became Salem's official witch and more and more witches but also more and more people interested in the craft started to come to Salem specifically yeah. for what is known as their haunted happenings mm-hmm. for the month of October. Yeah. So in essence, if she hadn't had that incident with Molly Boo, her cat being stuck in the tree mm-hmm. and her outing herself as a witch and Molly Boo is her familiar, mm-hmm. it might not have become the craziness that you and I know it to be today. Because honestly, that week leading up to Halloween, mm-hmm. there are thousands of people in Salem. Oh, like, yeah. No, it's Essex a circus. street gets shut down. It's a circus. Yeah. And it becomes a pedestrian walkway. Now, mind you, this is an actual street that would have cars going down, you know, both sides of it. And it's just wall-to-wall people. Mm-hmm. So it's uh no it's, it's uh, good times. See that's where I hate to pick fun, but I'm gonna jump in and do it. Okay. If she didn't want to be known, maybe talking to a newspaper and announcing that your familiar is stuck in a tree. Yeah. When when no one would listen. Yes. I I think there's a better way to maneuver around that. You yes. know, like the kid next door that's mowing a lawn or something. Yeah. Hey, you want to help me get my cat out? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. call the fire department. Yeah. That's kind of the classic thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, they have paintings of it. You know, <laughs> firemen rescuing cats from, out of from trees. trees, you know. Yep. Uh, so there's there's that. And I'm not going to try to destroy her character in any of this stuff. No. I, yeah. Because, because I, we did Wicca before. Correct. Which I think Wicca is a good primer into this one. Because this is the witch I think that people need to look up to. Right. And I say that with all the sensitivity I can find. Right. Um, and, and muster in myself. Now, me as a joker, I got to find the, the funny odd things. Like the guy that was going up to Canada. That's kind of common sense. If you commit a murder, you're going to go up to Canada. Yeah. It's only five hours away. Canada or Mexico. Yeah. Those are the two places that well, they go. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Mexico is a lot longer than five hours. Correct. <laughs> so... With that being said, yeah, I think the the blame it on the cat thing is a little weird yeah. to me. I yeah. think they're 
I think there was probably some more internal things that's hiding. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny when people come out, and I'm not just saying this is like uh, for like a gay or lesbian, right? Yeah, trans or yeah. being a witch. What's funny is, is when someone comes out, whether mm-hmm. they want to be a dancer or something like that. Right. I'm gonna say one percent of the time, it's a shock to people. Ninety nine percent of the time, everybody's like. Well, yeah, no, we've known this for years. Yeah. And it's the same thing with her. Yeah. Like, she was hiding being a witch to herself. Correct. Not everyone else. Right, yes. Because I mean, she, when you're walking around with a black robe. No, she's and, walking the yep. walk. She's yep. talking the talk and yep. and all of that. At that time when you're admitting it, and that's where I think the bold statement of contacting the press. Yes. That was her saying as loud as she could. In that area that she's I'm in. Here, that I'm a witch. I'm a witch. See yeah. me. <laughs> now, she only had to prove that to herself. Correct. And and like I said, I, I'm saying this with all the sensitivity in the world because mm-hmm. she's done some amazing things in Salem. Yes, Salem owes all of itself to her. Yes. For the most part. Yes. I think at some point Salem would be where they are in stature of some kind. Mm-hmm. But the way they are today as yeah. Witch City, yes, you know, it's not Halloween City. No, it's, it's not, Witch City. It's Witch City. They have and a witch on a broom it, on their taxis, yeah. on their fire trucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's literally on everything. It's the mission statement. It it's is, the logo, it, you know. It is, it's not hard to avoid. It, it is Like not, I said, you see yeah, it on the taxis. It's and everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's awesome. And, it's, and I think it's solely... I think it would be just in massive error to say it doesn't solely rest on the shoulders of Lori Cabot or her actions. Right, yes. And I think she's been a great steward, she stewardess has. to yes. navigate mm-hmm. through there. I don't know the whole story of it, mm-hmm. but even just people that have written a lot of works about her yes. and, and articles, uh, there you have to have some sort of respect for this woman of what she's done with Salem. With that being said... The problem is, is now Salem's a tourist attraction. It is. And what you're going to get is the tourists. Yes. You're not going to get the hard, you know, you're going to get the hardcores and you're going to get all that. And even the hardcores, like Mm -hmm. there's bad witches and bad warlocks and all that stuff that go there. And Mm -hmm. she said that in articles that, you know, but that's when it's out of your power and it's out of your reign and you can't. You can't rein it in and, right. and make changes. Yes. It's it's this yeah. organism that's grown into something. Well, it's like that snowball rolling down. Oh the yeah, hill. just you bigger, know, bigger, once, bigger, bigger. Once it starts rolling, mm-hmm. you know, unless it hits something, it's yeah. not going to stop. No, it's, gone. And it's just going to get bigger. And and that's and you see that when you visit Salem, you do. You see basically these three groups of people. Yes, in my opinion. Yes, you have the the locals. Yes. Which I can identify with because I grew up in a touristy type Don't area. hassle me. I'm local. And it's like, she's, you know, <laughs> thanks for coming here. Thanks for spending your money. Yeah. It does a lot of things for us. But deep down, we really can't stand you. Yes. You know, and. Deep <clears throat> down, we would really like yeah. you to leave as soon as possible. So you have, you have the locals. Yes. You, and, and they're affiliated in a lot of ways with Salem. Some mm-hmm. are, are the full-time witches and, yes. and that stay there. Uh, others have just found a place there that they like to be in. Yep. And they just like everything that Salem encompasses. Mm -hmm. Then you have the tourists. Yes. Which pretty much everyone hates the tourists. Even tourists hate tourists. Yes. I grew up in a tourist town. I know all about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then that little line in the middle 
of is the the true part of the you know of the tourists. There's this two subgroups. It's the Halloweenies. Yes. That go for Halloween. They dress up. Yep. And whatever they want and stuff, and and it's cool. It is. But then it's, you have the witches that go to visit there. Yes. And they're, it's their tourist destination. Yes. And they have a whole separate bit about it. And I think that's what makes Salem work is that they figured out how to manage all of that without offending the other group. Yes. Because like staying at Hawthorne Hotel, for example. Yes. The days before, you know, like they have um, the... Uh, they have the Halloween ball, which mm-hmm. is like the big draw. Yes. And the day before they have their uh, ball, the Salem witches Salem witch- have their ball. Yeah, their ball. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole dinner um, where they reverse the meals. And uh, that's yeah, the- Yeah, what is that called? Oh, it's, it's- They do that, like, isn't that the, it's the not- Sunday? It's, yeah, it's not the day of the dead. It's- I, I forget the term of it, and I'm upset that I, because normally I would spit it out like right, nothing. Right, yeah. But, so there's like the hardcores. Yes, That are, are in that yes. with the dinner. And basically yep. what they do is they reverse the meal. So they're eating dinner first, and then I think they go on to breakfast. I think that's what they do. If someone knows all, all about it, email us at oth at seriouslydecent.com, and I'm going to clear it up on the next episode. Right. But. But yeah, so then you had those serious ones. You had the witches ball that are the serious into semi serious into yes. sort of serious. Yes. And then you had the Halloween thing. But they managed to make it work. They do. I I I think what makes Salem unique in that way is they've done a great job of not judging anyone. They really don't. And that's and where the you know the LGBT community thrives there. They do. They do. You know they and and I think that's a beautiful thing. Of Salem is is. They don't really have... They embrace everyone. Yeah, like, which is funny because hundreds of years ago, I know. it was exactly <laughs> it was the opposite. Exact opposite. It was, you know, and I... Yeah, but I think that's part of it. But that's the love that I have of Salem. Right. Being a history nut. Because yes. I remember the first time I went there, it was like, wow, there's all this cool stuff here. There there's truly is. There's all these cool people. They've embraced... You got a chick that's pulling a pig... In a in a in a in a wagon in a wagon wagon yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know and and she's awesome she's there every year she is. I talk to her all the time yeah. it's like hey how you doing yep and and then you go two steps down and there's a dude with a mask playing the saxophone he's got the red cape if he you've does. been there in Salem you everybody know knows who he is, he is. he's you there yeah. uh, you've got Michael Myers walking around just aimlessly around. yeah every now and again yep. he peeks out from a uh, an yeah. alley. And, yeah. And you got Bora the Witch. You've you, got I think Bora is quite honestly I think Bora is shares, the staple. Well I think and that's Bora where, and Lori kinda almost have Well, equal I think Lori built Salem to where it is, like yes. as far as got the momentum and going. Bora's just and Bora's just it. pushing the ball. Like, go fucker, you know. But uh but yeah, it's just all of this and then and then you'll look three steps over and here's this guy in like a golf shirt. You know, mm-hmm. wearing like a golf outfit on yeah. vacation, quote yeah. unquote, with his family. Yeah. You know, and he's just sitting there smiling, looking at everything and handing money to, you know, the buskers and stuff yeah. like that. And and it's just like it's one of those weird scenes because like history, Frank, says hundreds of years ago. This would not be This happening. would have never happened. Like no. how does a town, yeah. a village pull a 180 like this? Yeah. And stay 
low in the news. Yep. And that's the beauty of it. It's kind of, yeah. it's the gem that no one knows about. Cause like, but you if always, you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think it's really, that's where, like I said, you really got to just hand it to Lori Cabot. Yeah. That she created, because I could see where she would look and say, oh, this is a monstrosity. I well, could see yeah, that. She, I, um, I could see that looking like, why, why did I do it? I Not all the time, but I could see where she'd have those moments. She's very conflicted, especially with regard to um, Halloween being associated with like the slasher films. Yeah. She's like, I'm still not sure what a guy with an axe in his head and blood dripping down his face has to do with witchcraft, because I think she associates witchcraft with Halloween, because honestly, that is one of their... It's one of their days of power. It's yeah. Samhain. Yeah. And I don't think, I think the the issue is, is that witchcraft has been associated with Halloween. No, I, and I, that's why she's conflicted. No, I don't think it's Halloween. I think witchcraft, this goes back into Wicca mm-hmm. with uh, where I, I mentioned on the last episode. That the problem Wicca has is they have that one tenant. Yeah. And I made that a point because I did some future research mm-hmm. on this. And the reason I made that point is because Lori Cabot has 13 Cabot Code of Ethics. Yeah. And this is where I launch into all the respect for them. Do you mind me going through no, those? No, go, now? please. Okay. So number one is the Wiccan rule. Mm-hmm. You know, they abide by the threefold law of return. Yep. And and it harm none, do what ye will. Yes. But we talked about if that's all you go through. If that's all you're it's hanging hard your to hat steer on. the yeah. ship. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had the whole ship analogy. So if you didn't listen to the previous episode, very, very reader's digest version, we talked about a couple of ships, and you had one that has this clearly identified there's right. 10 rules there's a hierarchy there's yes. a hierarchy you know and that creates a functioning ship because everybody knows what their job is yeah then you have one that just kind of has one rule and that's but it. with a bunch of people on a boat and a bunch of people yeah it's obviously not going to be a good functioning ship two treat others in our tradition as you would like to be treated we are witch sisters and brothers yes three we recognize a cabot witch of any degree as a part of our tradition, mm-hmm. which even goes back against kind of the Wiccan bit. Yeah. With the hardcore Wiccan saying, no, you can only come in. And right, when you yes. come in, you got to be, be at this in. stage and yes. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where she's just like, you know what? You're in, you're in. Integri- uh, number four, integrity, discipline, and respect must be self-evident in all our affairs as we represent our tradition. Five. We practice our craft according to hermetic laws, and we are accountable to the God, Goddess, all entity, so to speak. Six, we do not accept any outside contributions or any influences that would undermine our authority. We are a sovereign tradition. As such, we do not take part in the inner circles of other traditions, Mm -hmm. which again, we're our own thing. Yep. And, and I have just a tremendous amount of respect for this. Uh, number seven, each Cabot witch is sovereign and accepts the responsibility that this incurs. Yep. So here it is, you know, 
not only do we ex- expect this type of behavior, yeah. but you're re- you're responsible for, for your, your actions, behavior. good yes. ones, yep. bad, bad ones, ones. Mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, number eight, we are committed to our way of life and firmly grounded in the science of our magic. We express our tradition as an art, a science, and a religion. Number nine, we respect and adhere to the wishes of our council elders, which again, mm-hmm. just a great thing to instill in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, our tradition, this is number 10, our tradition has an interest in issues such as ecology, hunger, and human rights. We seek to heal and protect our Mother Earth and better the lives of the humans and animals around us through magical and charitable means. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. Yes. My mind just screamed for joy hearing this because this should be a policy that most people, yes. if not all people, should follow, whether you're a business, a person, mm-hmm. you know, we do not uh, proselytize. We do not, uh, we do seek to educate anyone that does seek knowledge from us. Right. So again, this attraction rather than yes. promotion. You need to come to us. Uh, if, if you, you come know, to us, you we'll tell you everything you we'll, need to know. Yep. But we're not going to pull you out. We're not going to seek you out. We're no. not going to try to no. find you. And uh, and that's and and talk about someone who goes through the walk with that. You could go to Salem for four years straight on Halloween mm-hmm. and have no idea who Lori Cabot is. Correct. It's possible. Yes. It's not and it's highly possible. Yes. Um and I think that really just shows that she's the real thing in that regard. She is. Um and I just have an enormous amount of respect for her for that. Number 12, we place principles before personalities. We abstain from gossip and other behaviors that would undermine our brothers and sisters or our tradition. Our actions reinforce for the good of all. Yes. And then 13, we do not charge money for taking healing cases, but may charge for any type of psychic consulting to the public as a reader. Example being tarot readings or something like that. Yes, yes. See, in Wicca, when we were talking about just the one rule, Mm -hmm. the threefold, and it it harm none, do what he will. Right. It's kind of two rules, but we'll just throw it as one. Mm Mm-hmm. It left all that room, and that's what I was talking about in the previous episode, where you have all this room, and it's it's not definable. Right. And and what you're going to get is what she's upset about. Yes. Is you're going to get these witches and, and warlocks and, you know, yes. you name it. You're going to get a bunch of people bastardizing witchcraft. Exactly, exactly. And that's where I could see her hanging her head on it. Yeah. More than anything. The the slasher films and all that stuff, I honestly, you know, it's the same thing as Little Miss Riding Hood dressing like a tramp for Halloween. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, I love seeing the approaches that women have towards Halloween versus men. It's so funny. Um, and there's and there's parallels in between, you know, where and and everybody has their own kind of way to celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. Some do it in, in one method. Some do it in another. Right. Some want to be just scary as all hell. Yes. Other people want to be cute. Yes. Uh, Other people want to be sexy. 
sexy. Well, yeah. And and the fact is, is I think that's what Halloween brings is that I think that's what's cool about fanatics of Halloween is that it's this group of like everybody. Yes. You know, it's it's not like just going to say like a uh um uh oh my god. I can't help you. I don't know where you are going. No, like a, a graphic uh graphic novel com. Like what, a Comic Con. Comic Con. Comic Cons, you know. Yeah. Like that, you have everything, but it has to be in the comic realm. Well, here's the and, thing though. There's been a lot of branching out from the the actual yeah. graphic novel at the cons, and it's kind of just become no, like it's movies and it's stuff like, like that. It's like fantasy. But, yeah, it, no, and they've kind of bastardized an, that too. Anim, animes come through on that. Yeah, too. but that's what I'm saying is, is in, inviting all that instead of just keeping the name, change the name maybe. Right, it's not Comic Con. Just anymore. call it a con. <laughs> you know, it's just something. Every, everything con, you know. And uh, here's your con. <laughs> but that's what Halloween yeah. is. Halloween is the everything con. It that's is. That's where I'm getting to with all this. Is you know, you you have this big melting pot of ideas of what their version of Halloween is. Right. Yes. And like I said, Salem is just this weird place where it all fits. It does. It fits well. They've got the haunted houses. They've got, you know, if you're uh, nuts for history, they do have the museums that lay out the history. They've Mm -hmm. got the walking tours that lay out the history. If you're into witchcraft and the occult, there are literally shops everywhere. Everywhere. And, you know, if, if you're just into just like, oh, this is a great place and you just want to do the touristy stuff, they've got stuff for that too. Yeah. Or if you're just like, all right, let's just see what this has for me. You know, they've got that, uh, it was like an indoor flea market Mm -hmm. where they had just all of that shit gathered in that huge store. Looked like it might have been an Army and Navy store or something at one time. And then they had the basement. And when you went in the basement, they had all these little vendors vendors selling all their little things. Yeah, it's up by the House of Seven Gables. It is. So, no, I mean, they, they literally have yeah, something for everyone. But the thing everyone. is, it's like everybody is just cool with each other. Well, yeah. And it, it just take away all the things to do there. Yeah. Everybody's just nice to each other. You People have conversations with other people there that they normally wouldn't have conversations with Correct. at all. It's true. At all. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think Salem really is kind of the map of being inclusive on that that type of arena. They really have, they've, they've nailed it. They've got that dialed down. Like the, but here's the beautiful part of it. Yeah. But here's the beautiful part of it. But this is what I'm getting at. It's not on purpose. No, like it's not this overarching plan. It just somehow worked into that way. I think, and this is history, Frank coming back up. I think that's why you can't forget the tragedies that happened in your past. In your past, yes. Because I think if the Salem witch trials never happened, we would not have Salem. Salem would not be as you know it. Yeah, and that's just the truth. Yeah, because hundred percent correct. You had this this ebb and flow go through where you had these witch trials, you had these massive uh, events take place that shaped this entire village and surrounding areas. And then it maneuvers to a single woman Mm -hmm. who decides to say, I'm going to let everybody know I'm a witch. Yeah. 
And then basically from there with her code of ethics, yes, her, her morals mm-hmm. went through and navigated just doing her thing mm-hmm. and, and trying to, I guess, intersect in with a village and be a part of a, a village. Everybody wants to be a part of something else. You yeah, know? but her whole and, point was being a witch doesn't exclude you from being a good person and being able to help your community. Like, no, her no, whole point that, was I can be a witch and I can still help. Yeah, I can still do these things. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm here. I'm. No, she's a person who helped her community who yes. happens to be a witch. Correct. Yes. That's yes. That's how mm-hmm. I look at that whole. Yes. That whole bit, you know, her kindness and and all of that is. It's not just traits that a witch could have or should have. It's, it's traits trait that, that a, a human should being have. should yeah. have. In, mm-hmm. And she has these traits that are likable amongst many people, including governor of Massachusetts in the mid-1970s, where mm-hmm. they gave her the state's uh, Patriot Award. Right. And uh, that award is to honor citizens of the state for public service. It leads to betterment, enrichment, and welfare of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And that's given to civic leaders, uh, distinguished uh, civil servants, community leaders, and others who are just dedicated in a significant way to improving the lives of their fellow citizens and community. Yeah, This came from the governor. It's not like it yeah, came from yes. a mayor or a renegade mayor or something like that. It, Michael Dukakis uh, presented it to her. This award has uh, been given since the early days of the Commonwealth, and the recipient of the award has... Um, Amongst other things, the privilege of grazing cows on the Boston commune, uh, common and wearing a tri-cornered hat. And to the best of their knowledge, Lori has not done either of them. <laughs> Aww. I would have. You but know she's what? her own thing. That's I what I'm getting at. I think just, I would have dug her even more if uh, she did graze cows on the common. No, it just. Um, yeah. You know, the proclamation was signed by the governor and the treasurer of the Commonwealth of Math- Massachusetts. And. It reads, I proclaim Lori Cabot the official witch of Salem for her work with children with special needs. Yes. And, um, you know, she's uh, she's just done so much stuff in in, in response to all that. Yeah, she's she really has. integrated herself in and gave witches a good name. She did. And and like I said, just reading those code of ethics. Suck on that, Alistair Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> and And just, you know. With the code of ethics, you really see it. And like yes. I said, that's when we were talking about with Wicca, it's like, that's what witchcraft needs. That's what yes. witches need. True. And and that's where I, if there's someone that is lost and looking for something and wants to try something different, I say go to Lori Cabot. Yeah. On our you know- show as an, like an endorsement, just check Lori Cabot out. Check her website out. She has her books. They're sold out. They're hard to get. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the pandemic and, you know, yes. she's just getting older and yeah, who knows what's going on with it. But she has her own um, book of um, book of shadows, book of shadows. She does. And uh, and that's something you might want to read into because I'm always for good role models. Yes. And I'm good role models across the spectrum of things. And if you're into this and for some reason you haven't heard of Lori Cabot because it's hard to avoid if you're getting into it but if you haven't check her out because I she to me is someone who just makes sense on a morale level 
Yes. And, she and, definitely has morality. And even though she may do things that I disagree with or don't understand. Right. Or do, don't get. Right. That's what happens when you have a good set of morals and you have a good set of standards. You can get somebody that may not understand you, but can at least respect you as a nice, kind person. Right. And a nice, kind person, I hate to say it, never screams, never yells. Right. Never. Yes. I'm not saying she's never done that, but but her outwardly public life is calm. Yeah. Collected. Yeah. She's not you know, projecting Helps, helps assisted, yes. and, and all that stuff. So she talks about intent and, mm-hmm. like, with regard to Halloween costumes, etc. And she goes, it's a question of intent, which is a huge part of being a witch. Intent is how witches manipulate environmental energy. And when it comes to dressing up for Samhain, the intent of a costume is to cast a spell projecting the kind of person that you want to be for the new year, which is actually a really cool way to look at it. That your costume is a spell. Mm-hmm. That you can imbibe it with intents and like, this is how I want to be going into the next year. And she also said, we don't allow any devil costumes into our parties. Yeah. So if you want to dress up as the she devil, you're not going to the witch's ball because yeah. they're not going to let you in. Yeah. And intent is something Cabot is thinking about lately as she looks back through the long lens of all that has happened in Salem since her cat went up the tree. It is late in her story, and she knows this. Uh, She has been suffering from some health problems of late. She had a recent bout of dizziness and nausea that lasted for so many weeks that she thought she was ready to go. Turned out that it was an ulcer, and she has been given medications, and that has curbed her symptoms. But she's proud that she helped transform the city and in some ways became its face. And what a face it is, with an elaborate tattoo on her left cheek and huge black framed glasses, all surrounded by a magnificent mane of black hair ringed with white. She has trouble walking, spends most of her time in her apartment, seated at a dining room table, covered in jewels and deer antlers and potions and other bits and bobs that she and her daughter Penny used to make potions and broomsticks and other tools that are sold at the Enchanted Store. Witches from near and far make daily pilgrimages to visit her. One earlier this week arrived carrying a gift of a crystal that was nearly two feet long, and she is now at work on her eighth book, a memoir. So, I mean, I, it's funny because they say that, you know, Salem as we know it all started with a black cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, it is funny in that regard. Yeah. It really is. I, but I, like I said, that's, that's what I think the underlying theme with Salem, you really have to put it on her. You yes, really have to. You do. Uh, and, and I think it's a massive disservice or just disrespect to her and not doing so. Yes. Like I said, you make it a tourist attraction though. And that brings in all these other elements. Yeah. And, and I and, think that's where she's in that. Catch twenty two. Yeah, and and it's you know, I mean, but I mean, you can't you, you can't, can't have one really without the other. Like you can't have yeah. all of these great things because word is going to get out and not think that you're just going to have a bunch of looky loos. Yeah, and and that's how I kind of look at the tourists. They're looky loos. It's what happens when you become interesting. 
And, and I'm just going to put it that way. Interesting, like, they truly, truly are. No, but I'm just saying as a common trait of being interesting. Yep. The moment you become interesting, period, mm-hmm. you're going to get, at first, people who are just interested in you. Yes. And and really, and that's the cool part of being interesting. Yes. You know, because you get to stay in that nice little space that you've created for mm-hmm. yourself. And, and not only is it just for yourself now, but you find that there's others that can come in. Yeah. And, and you can have this very cool space. Right. But becoming too interesting is when you start getting people that just come just to check you out. Yeah. It's not about what you are or what you're doing. It's just to check you out. Yeah. And then that's where it gets tough because some will come to check you out and they either like what you're doing and want to be a part of that mm-hmm. or they like what you're doing and just saying, hey, you do you. Yeah. That's all right. Then you got the other group that, man, they're really into what you're doing, but they're jealous. And that's where these other traits come into place Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're, they're jealous and, and they might intend to hurt you or they just slander you in the, in the background. And then there's people that just look and completely disagree with what you're doing. And in those, you know, each has those good and bad camps because yeah. even the people that just dislike you, they be, you know, you got one group that's just like, well, I don't agree with fucking any of that, but it's their life and they can do whatever the fuck they want. Right. Yes. And then you got the other ones that are like, I don't agree with what they're doing and they must be stopped. Yeah. And that's, you, you smash all that up mm-hmm. together and that's what you get. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's a town that's celebrating witches. Right. Or if it's a, a hall of fame for a sport. Right. Or, yeah. you know, just whatever. whatever. You're yeah. going to have those kind of big types of groups there. Yeah. And there's no avoiding it. It's like, I remember a while back when we first got together mm-hmm. and I was making decent money and then going on to verge of making bigger, bigger money. Yes. And I remember when you got your, you were starting your career and what mm-hmm. you do. And I told you, I was like, it's going to get weird from now. Yeah. Like it's going to get strange. You're going to have people that are really, really interested in you. And it's not even just friends. It's work associates. Like, yeah. But you're going to start seeing the envy more. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with the money you're making. It's just the success. Yeah. You know, the success in your life. And it doesn't mean being famous. It just means like you're doing something that you enjoy. Right. You're you're doing something that you feel that you're causing or not causing, but adding effect to. Yeah. Uh, adding hopefully a good effect to, mm-hmm. and and it makes you stand up a little taller, makes your shoulders pop out a bit, oh, makes you 100%. makes you proud of yourself, and it carries you in a different way that people wouldn't look. And this gets back to what I was saying there, when you become interesting, yeah. And there's people that'll just agree or disagree, but then there's people that just like envy is a terrible sin in my truly, in my regard. Truly, is. envy and pride are the two yeah. sins in my opinion that you need to stay clear away from and if you have some sort of symptoms of that you need to remedy that yeah you gotta i don't care whether it's going to church and going to confession and praying or if it's going to therapy going to therapy or if it's going you know to you know looking at someone like cabot and Mm -hmm. and going through and doing the wicca route or you know witchcraft route you know and becoming a witch you need to get rid of those two traits, pride and envy are terrible. Yes. They'll not only tear you down, but they're going to tear everybody else down around It'll you. It'll destroy everything around you. you're going to yes. want to destroy everything around you. And 
I maybe it's not so much you're going to want to destroy. You're going to inadvertently destroy because when you are full of the envy and pride, you all of a sudden have blinders and you don't see what's around you. You're yeah. just so focused on whatever it is that you're obsessing over yeah. that you just aren't seeing the, the big results. Picture. Yeah. You're not seeing the results of your actions. Yeah. Like you think you're, you're doing what you got to do to get whatever this is that you're, you're going for. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, you've, you've got to, You've got to, at some point, realize the huge wake around you. Well, and that starts with children. It does. And children get envious of each other. Yes. Or other kids, you know, the siblings. Stop spoiling your children. They don't need to have every single thing that they ask for. That's part of it. But the big part of it is, is just saying, look, you can't be mad that this person has this thing. Because mm -hmm. even if you do spoil one kid and you neglect the other... Yeah. You know, it's a bad thing to do. I'm not getting around that. Right. But, yes. but the one who's pissed off, it's also a great lesson in life to say, you can't have everything. Correct. There's going to be people around you that have things that not only is hard for you to get, but probably impossible for you to get. Correct. Or impossible for you to have. Yes. There's the ugly kid that has to realize that that ugly kid is going to have a hard road in front of them. Right. They're going to have you to work hard You can't sit there and everything. cuddle them and hug no. them enough to, to get around it. No. Let's just state it for what it is. I got to laugh when everybody says they're the minority of this and they're the minority of that and that they're not getting representation. Let's Nobody gives a people. shit about ugly people. They really don't. They really don't. And I just, I'm one of those people where I see an ugly person mm -hmm. and I feel terrible for that person yeah because they've got a hard ass road yeah they're gonna have, they're gonna have hard to ass fight road. and scrap yeah and scrape because i'll every tell you right now they get. my personal um it's a bit of humor but it's true maybe no one will think it's funny but i'd rather be any minority than be ugly and have money yeah because it's just you're gonna have that first judgment all the time. And you got to work extra hard yep. to get. And 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 there's What's no thanks for it. If you're ugly and you have money, the people that are surrounding you are surrounding you for, for your the money. money. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's not you. Yeah. No, it's it's just it's it's a terrible line. It's it a is. terrible line to go through. Yes. And and I just I put that stark contrast with it because it's just yeah, some kids need to know that they're not going to have. My dad taught me that in a huge way. Mm -hmm. You know, he came right at it. It's just like, son, there are things you're not going to be able to do. There's mm -hmm. things that you're not going to be able to achieve. Mm -hmm. And you can't take it personally. Right. It's the world. Right. It's existing in the world. Yes. I remember in high school, I was a great tennis player. Mm -hmm. And in my dumb ass mind... I'm going to Wimbledon. I'm going to be a professional <laughs> tennis player. Yeah. That's what I want to be. Yep. Not grounded in a real job of right. anything yeah, like that. No. I'm going to be a professional tennis player. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was be, well, for the longest time, be a drummer in a rock and roll band that's famous. Oh, did you ever you know. want to be Batman? Yeah, I didn't have the capital for that. So <laughs> the, uh, but... But I remember telling my dad this. My dad lived in Florida at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, I lived in upstate New York, northern New York, where playing tennis outside 
where it's free. That was the only place I could play it because yeah. I didn't have the money. Right. I didn't grow up in a tennis club or anything. Right. So I only had four or five months of good tennis weather. Mm-hmm. And then I was off and I'd occasionally go to like the racket club once in a while to play. Mm-hmm. And I was still really good at it. So my dad knew somebody in uh, Nick Bulletary's school of tennis. Nick Bulletary taught Andre Agassi how to play Got it. tennis or he yeah. was his coach. So my dad's like, why don't you play with some of these guys in here? And and if it's something you want to do, then maybe we'll look into it. Mm-hmm. My dad being open-minded about right. this. My dad already knows how this is going to work out in a 90% fashion. Right. And he was right. I went there. I got my clock clobbered. Right. Yeah. Pantsing. And not just by one guy. Tons of people. Yeah. Just like every, you know, I'm watching just uh, this level. Mm-hmm. And yeah, went back and I was like, well, that's it for tennis. And mm-hmm. honestly, I never picked up the tennis racket again. Like I was... I was done. Demoralized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was a shame because it's a fun sport and all that. Right. Physically, I don't think my body could take any of it. But but that's what I think parents need to really kind of concentrate on with their kids is that they just at least have to handle the idea that something will never be in their grasp. They can pursue it and they right. can try. I think you need But they to need to know your... that the odds are there in a large way. You need to be realistic with your kids. Yeah. Like you, the days of you can be anything you want, I think should be over because it's anything you want, but to a point. No, you can try to be anything you want. Right. Yes. There's nothing stopping you for that. That's the point. That try word is never in there. These kids are being told they can be whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. Even physically be whatever they want. that's not true it's not entirely true it's true but but it comes with a price and that's what people have to understand like even like when i said you can try to be anything you want that comes with a price yes you can try to be the best guitarist you can be that's a great goal it is but it's also measurable by how much time you put into it yes now if you live your life by it and you just have a guitar around your neck eight hours a day and you're playing guitar, there's chances you're going to be a pretty damn good guitar player. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you're going to be Jimi Hendrix and forever immortalized right. in yeah. time. Uh, you might just be Dave Smith who plays at a bar and an occasional couple big events yeah. and just has a full-time job doing right. it. Yeah, uh, and And that's where I think people need to have these expectations so to speak because mm-hmm. you can try to be anything you want you can but i but think the success is a different thing and then what you've you got to understand to earlier is Lori's like tenants mm-hmm. essentially is you've got to be a good person you've got to be a decent person well and it's funny and i'm wrapping it have accountability you have to realize there's i'm wrapping it all yeah. into that you can try to be anything you want but you got to have ahead of time what your term of success is in that mm-hmm. or gratification or appreciation in it and that self-appreciation because the higher that goal is, the harder it, it is, is to climb achieve. up there. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, it's like with famous people and all that. I'll bust on famous people all day, but the sacrifices they made to be famous mm-hmm. are extraordinary. They've given up 
tons of things. Mm-hmm. It's like even like the really good gu- guitar player or musician, someone will sit there and be like, man, I wish I could do that. It's like you don't have what it takes to do that because mm-hmm. it's giving up everything. Yeah, It's giving up everything around you. It's giving up your friends. It's giving up all the stuff. So the problem is, is not only are you going to be up there, but you're going to be alone. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. You're going to be alone because you shut off everything around you to be good at this certain thing. Yeah. And that's, that's what people juggle with. Mm-hmm. And that's whether you're good at your job. Yes. Because even if you commit to your job, you know, I think the tough part of it is, is like the ones that are going through now, and this gets back to kids and everything is you have these parents now that want to be great at the career. They want the friends. They want everything. And you can't have that and raise kids at the same time. Well, raise fully functioning, Mm -hmm. well-adjusted kids. Yeah. You can raise kids, but if it's a feral child, I I don't no. necessarily, I can't necessarily say, hey, your parenting methods are stellar because I, I don't But agree. this is where I go to the full circle with Lori Cabot. It's like, that's all in those tenants that yeah. she has there where yeah. every decision do you make run through your checklist? Yep. Is this going to buy, you know, is this going to keep me at this state and that state and this state? And if it doesn't, then you've got to reconcile that somehow. Right. You got to reconcile it with yourself or, or, you know, someone around you. And like I said, I think that's where she's a good role model and that great role model in that regard, where she's done all this stuff for Salem, Mm -hmm. literally pivoted it on a 180. Yeah. But also kept her integrity. Yep. And kept her accountability. Mm -hmm. Big traits that can be for one way or another manipulated or right. Yeah. You know, just corrupted, uh, corrupted. Yeah. And, and she's steadfast with fast with that and stayed she in that bit. True. Yeah. yeah. And it goes right from the beginning where, you know, she was a witch. Everyone knew it. Right. And I really think that that whole thing with the cat was just her way of coming out. Yeah. She was the last one out yep. of the room, so to speak, you know, and, and, and from there she was just doing what, she felt she was just supposed to do. Yes. And it's not that she didn't make any mistakes or anything like that. She's probably made a ton of them. We're human. We make mistakes. Yeah, but she's kept herself grounded with these rules for her. And the thing with mistakes is you learn from them. Yeah. And it helps you grow and become a better person. And those rules for her helped her with that. And that's why I recommend people check her out in that regard because I'm always for the person that I think – I like the person that's successful, but also has it together. Mm-hmm. And successful doesn't mean famous. I mean, no. successful as in like, they're doing things that they want to do and accomplish. Good at and what it is they do. Just a good human being, yeah. you know, and, and, and yet they're still standing tall, yeah. standing firm in their values. Those are people I admire and they all have these types of rules. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might be, you know, for her, it's tenets of witchcraft. Right, yeah. For other person, it's the 10 commandments. Whatever. For other person, yeah, it's the 12 rules thing. of life. Yeah. You know, I mean, they all have got these rules and they follow them mm-hmm. and it helps them grow into better people. Yes. So I was so glad that we did this as an episode, especially right after Wicca. Yes. It was a awesome, awesome experience for me. 
because I had learned a ton about a woman that I only vaguely knew of just going to Salem. I knew some things about her. Yeah. But I didn't know a whole lot of. Dude, helping murder. solve that murder case. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> she'd a bomb. Yeah. No, she's she's a very, very interesting individual. Yeah. And uh, I hope she can find peace in. Oh, she has everything peace. with Salem. No, I'm just saying because like. Someone who does a lot of great things like that and has those types of feelings, I mean, you're going to have them regardless, mm-hmm. but I hope she just has peace with those before, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, trajectory, trajection in her future right. occurs, you know, because uh, it really is an, an amazing concept of what has happened in Salem. Yes. It's an incredible concept. Yes. And, uh, and it's one of those things that you can't force. No, it's like the marathon. She just opened the door. It's like the marathon dance in my high yeah. school. They make tons and tons of money on right. that, and it's because beat last year, beat last year, right, beat yeah. last year, and they help all these people. But the thing is, is the guy that, uh, yeah, the guy that started that dance was um, my friend's dad, and he went to other schools, and it just didn't work. Yeah, gave him the whole entire recipe. Yeah. It just didn't work, and that's what makes Salem a unique place in that, and, and that it won't it be works. duplicated in other places. No. So. For next week, <laughs> we're uh, back into our cult of the month cult club. of the month club. And, Mormons, yeah, Mormons, yeah, <laughs> uh, Mormons and the uh, the the Latter Day Saints, the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter Day Saints. Yeah, what do they call that? Uh, L- uh, LDS. Yeah, yeah. Shows how much I've gotten into that. Yeah. I've started reading it, but it's, uh, it's, a- I will say my, uh, little LDS friends haven't stopped to see me in a while. Yeah. Maybe they gave up on me. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't give them a, uh, I hope so. I didn't give them a reason to come back. That's true. We'll talk about that on the show. Okay. I have a, uh, I have a way of doing that politely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Mormons with the cult of the month. Mm-hmm. If you have a cult that you'd like to know more about or would like to hear on the show, please uh, send us an email at oth at seriouslydecent.com or a uh, message through uh, Facebook or yep. Instagram. Give a shout out there on, on a cult you'd like to hear. And if it's on our list, we'll keep it on there. And if it's not on our list, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do some maneuvering. Yeah, but we'll with- get it on there. With that being said, uh, thanks for listening to us. Thanks yep. for sticking around. Mm-hmm. For uh, us New Yorkers in the in the northern uh, areas, I don't want to talk about it. We're uh, just hang tight. The warm weather's coming, even though there's snow everywhere. <laughs> and the warm weather will come, yeah. and snow will be behind it yeah. because that's just a thing that happens. You know, well, it's like a bit a good idea. Build it, it'll come. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Number four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. It can be done. Mm-hmm. And last but not least. Don't let the black-eyed children in. Don't do it. No. Don't give them ketchup. Don't give them an apple. Don't give them anything that they're asking for, honestly. Give them the front side of your door. Yeah. Just slam the door. Just go, okay, bye. Yeah. Close the door. There's you and your words. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can keep saying your words, but yeah. I'm going to shut the door. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Excellent. Thanks for listening, folks. We love you dearly, our horror fanatics. Yep. And uh, with that being said, have a wonderful day, a lovely week. And make good choices. Take care.